Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. For today's episode, I am very excited. I am talking to somebody um, who I've gotten to know a little bit over the past couple of months, and I am super excited. They they do some stuff in the D&D world, and uh, you'll be seeing some more of it that we'll get into. So yeah, if you would like to introduce yourself. Yeah, um, so my name is Lexi, uh, otherwise known as Black Girl Mage on Twitter, Twitch, both of those spaces. Um, yeah, I'm as you said, like mostly D and D. So I'm a dungeon master, but also kind of dipping into more of the tabletop space, um, doing a lot of writing and doing a lot of reading Yeah, and yeah, doing that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into all the different projects and stuff that you got. Um, but where I always like to start is like, how did you get into nerd stuff in general? Oof, nerd stuff. Uh, Honestly, I think that it was just something that is inherent to my bloodline because mm -hmm. like my parents are like, so I grew up with fairly religious parents and it's just so weird because they're the kind of parents that would like fully be in the theaters waiting to go see the Matrix movies or like yeah. be in line to go watch every single Lord of the Rings movies. My mom has read every single Lord of the Rings, like all of the books by Tolkien, like has fully just they both just involved themselves so heavily in nerd stuff. Like my dad is a big superhero guy, big DC Batman, super Superman guy. My mom is just like sci-fi and anything like interstellar, all that kind of stuff. But they just like would not let us like watch those movies. So I just like, <laughs> I kind of got into the nerd world by like sneaking little bits. I never like fully, I didn't fully watch the matrix until I was like, 17 maybe okay. um but i like would piece things together and then i would watch little bits of star wars and little bits of lord of the rings and <laughs> like started i i don't know how it stuck with me i think like maybe my brain just made an amalgam of like lord of the rings matrix trilogy like all put together but <laughs> it just continuously 
drew me in like the idea of superheroes the idea of people that are greater than like their original destiny or their original thought purpose in the world like that idea even though I couldn't watch a bunch and couldn't like engage in a lot of media online I still was so drawn to that idea so my nerdy start was like getting those little shreds of media all around and me and my brother would just sit and like sit in front of our computer and write for hours and just like write huge long stories and I don't know. It's like weird because there's a lot of media and things I have not seen. Like I've just recently finished the Harry Potter series, which is wild for a lot of people, (laughs) but I just finished Harry Potter. I never got to experience those things, but I don't feel like short cheated, I guess, as a like nerd. I just know that I started young and I fulfilled it by like writing on my own. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It is really cool. I am interested though. So like, was it because your parents were so religious that they went and let you guys see that stuff? Yeah. Okay. And it's wild because I'm also a musician and I've had like voice teachers and professors and stuff be like, how are you doing this? And you had that background. And I'm like, I honestly don't know. And what's funny is if I go back now, I will bring music up or movies up and be like, oh, I love this movie. I love this song. And my mom will be like, oh, we used to listen to that. And I was like, why did you let me do that? And they'll be like, we, I don't know. Like now they just like shrug it up. They're like, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you anything. Um, But we're able to like enjoy a lot of movies and stuff now and go back and talk about a lot of stuff. But I think that they just like, we're scared. I don't yeah. know. I also was Outside one of those kids. Influence. Yeah, exactly. I was one of those kids that like would watch WWE and then try it on my older brother. So like yeah. I get where the fear came from. <laughs> that was me. Every time I watched like any martial arts movie, uh, instantly doing kicks off the couch. Um, mm-hmm. We had a trampoline when I was younger and like the matrix was huge for us. And uh, I mean, we would go outside and like, you know, jump and do like floating kicks against each other. And like, we're flying off the trampoline into the fence. Um, So yeah, it's definitely can be dangerous for sure. (laughs) So you got to be careful. Um, No, I love it though. Did you also um, like to read and stuff too? Oh yeah. Big reader. Like, So were you allowed to like read fantasy fiction and things like that? It depended. Uh, My parents had to check everything that I read. Like okay. fully just everything. Um, it, it was so funny because like, like I said, I would just end up writing my own. Like if I got inspired by the back of a book and then my mom was like, no, we can't, you're not allowed to read that. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to write it. Like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to write something similar and do whatever. But I don't know. I didn't really feel too bad about it because there was a lot, there's a lot out there that my parents did let me read. And a lot of it was like, I'm glad a lot of it was like, it was like comic books and stuff like that, or anything that had to do with like, like Guardians of Gahul. I was a big Guardians of Gahul kid. So like yeah. that kind of genre or Animorphs, great genre. Like <laughs> yeah. if my parents, if my parents actually read the series, like I think surface level, it was a very good, like, oh, this is good for kids to read. But if yeah. you like actually read through it, it's like kind of dark. And so yeah. I don't think they really checked. <laughs> they were just like reading the covers and be like, mm, I don't really think so. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I got sure. to read quite a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, it um, it's so cool to see, you know, how those influences uh, can impact you. And I think having like, you know, it probably helped, I'm sure, having that opportunity to be like, well, we're just going to write stuff because we don't really know all this media um, mm-hmm. and then flex that creative brain of yours. 
Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool. So yeah, when when did you first get introduced to tabletop? So uh my senior year of high school was when I first heard of Dungeons and Dragons in a capacity that I was like interested in it. Yeah. And then I asked I was I worked at a like a laser tag go-karts place, like mm-hmm. a big arcade place. And one of the dudes that I worked in um la- like worked laser tag with, I asked him, I was like, Hey, can you do you play Dungeons and Dragons? Have you ever heard of this? And he was like, Yeah, I love it so much. It's this, this, and that. And he talked it up big. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, do you like do you have like a party? Like, do you play? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Can I join? And he was like, Well, we're really far in a campaign, so probably right. not. And like that shattered my heart like, <laughs> yeah, instantly. Sure. And so like I just did not ask for another. I don't think it was until my sophomore or junior year of college, like the summer in between sophomore and junior year of college, and then junior year of college was when I actually fully was like, "There's more than just one party playing yeah. D two everywhere." <laughs> yeah. So like fully, it was just something that randomly, and my mind works like this. Like if I see an ad for something. It, it might catch my eye and then I fully like go like so I really don't think it was like like I know for some of my friends it's like Critical Role like they the blow up of Critical Role got people into D&D or like even some other shows um for me I am fairly positive I just saw a really cool ad that had really cool art on it and it was yeah. Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> yeah. and I was like ooh that's kind of interesting and I feel like both times it was something similar to that like something very small but mm-hmm. that is enough for me to hyperfixate on that yeah. so I just like immediately threw myself into it the second time around that I heard about it yeah I definitely like there's a lot of times advertisement does not work on me but like I do remember vividly um I don't know if you've ever seen the show The Magicians mm-hmm. uh, yeah and the, when I saw the trailer for that I was like holy shit uh i need to watch this as soon as this comes out and uh, i don't regret it i love the show um but yeah but there's a lot of times i'm like ah whatever that's fine um but for me because i do hyper fixate on a lot of stuff it's like once i start doing it and i'm like oh this is really cool like podcasting and then i'm like all right i'm gonna watch 40 hours on how to make a podcast videos and then 40 hours on how to improve that and then 40 hours on this thing and it's like i just keep going and going and going yep Absolutely. That's, that's where I I started with that was like, I, the very first game I played kind of turned out to be a little bit of a dud, but then the second game that I played and actually got to like, we were very excited. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was Curse of Strahd. My friend was actually planning to run Curse of Strahd. And all he said was, oh, it's just going to be scary. And I was like, okay, I mean, I've never been scared before. So like, yeah. might as well give it a try if a game can do it. We got one episode in or like one episode, one session in <laughs> and I like fully commit. Like before yeah. I even got to the table, I had the character sheet printed out. I knew all of like everything that I was holding yeah. and I had defined my character out so entirely. And we played one session and I think my character got to talk like once yeah um and it was that was the event like me talking and then us kind of getting pulled into a whole combat was like really really interesting and i think we played one session of that we couldn't reschedule or anything ever again and i fully bought the dm's guide after that and just (laughs) went i was like there's no how am i supposed to be mild about this i can't like i have to go all in yeah for sure it's hard. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people for sure, like 
you know, not having somebody to play with, that's when it's like, okay, this is my time now to, I need to figure out the game and then try to bring other people in. Um, but also, yeah, I think to just that, like, um, okay, I can't wait for this anymore. Um, or, you know, I mean, this world's cool, but I don't want to get that adventure book. So I'm just going to make a world up. Um, especially for people like us, like who've been writing their whole life and like Mm -hmm. making stuff up their whole life. It's like, yeah, Yeah. okay, I'm going to try to figure this out. Like, how yeah. can I make a cool land that people want to play in and, like, discover? Right. And, like, I think the first – I tried to run Storm King's Thunder, except I didn't have the full St- Storm King's Thunder. Somehow I had gotten a, a hold of, like, the first chapter of it. Like, oh. the first – just the first little adventure where they, like – the heroes come to the town. Everyone is, like – off in goblin caves or whatever, like orc, not orc, ogre caves. And the queen is like dead and there's knights there that are trying to like protect, like, oh, it was a whole thing. And like, I ran that for my friends because like, I'm very grateful that they decided to play with me because (laughs) otherwise I would have been like this. It's funny because I think that this hobby would have just gone out the window if they hadn't have said yes. But I had started that adventure and for some reason in my brain, I didn't think campaign modules were a full campaign. Like, I just thought it was just like a little adventure. Yeah. So I was like, why would I spend $50 on one tiny adventure? <laughs> so I just like launched into writing my own stuff. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, and like you said, it just came pretty naturally of like, mm-hmm. well, what do I find fun? What would I want to explore? And then asking my friends, what do you want to explore? And like, I think it was one of those things where they saw a Pinterest post about like, oh, I want to play in a and d game where like everyone's Disney characters. And that's like that fully spawned my first like campaign. Yeah. Um, and it was perfectly fine. And then I realized, oh, people write entire worlds the same exact way. Like yeah. and they, they already have worlds that exist. Like I had friends who had done it, but like it was D&D and WotC actually produce entire worlds that i could have lifted and just used that <laughs> instead and it was like a moment where i was like huh okay cool cool Doing all the hard work. yeah oh yeah yeah i mean i know it's so fun but I, I i think it's such a good thing for creative people though because you know even if you're not the dm like i find myself as a player getting super into it and like mm-hmm. you know okay like what would create the situations for this player to know these things and um, to, you know, act with the act and why would they do this stuff? And it's like, even though you're not supposed to bring like a whole textbook of, of uh, backstory, it's like, okay, but yeah, I, I wrote a lot of backstory though. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> so what am I supposed to do with this? Just print it for my friends. Um, you know, so uh, do that. It's great. Your friends will love it. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's really cool to like, to kind of dig into it. Um, what, you know, what was your, you know, when it came to like that Disney campaign, you, you were DMing that you said, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, what were kind of some of the, uh, character choices that people made? Oh my God. This is pre Encanto. Uh, so you can't be like Louisa, which would be a fucking I <laughs> the goat. Um, I will say I did have some goats in this party. Um, so kind of what I did was that it's so funny because it was maybe, um, it was four months before COVID hit. Mm, okay. Um, and we started playing this game in this Disney World, and the capital city was Corona because that's the capital city in Rapunzel or in Rapunzel Entangled. Yeah. And so I had this whole thing planned out. My players, I had uh, 
Jim Hawkins from Treasure Treasure Planet. Mm-hmm. I had Kida from Atlantis. Mm. And then I had Kronk. Which <laughs> nice. fully like the best party. I think um Kida was a cleric of the light and cleric of knowledge. Like we were kind of playing around with both of those ideas. Yeah. Um Jim, it was so funny because Jim was like a he was a rogue fighter type. But and I gave him like the gun that Jim has, like he has. I don't know. I think that we just came up with the fact that Jim has a like this old flintlock gun. Yeah. And the character, the player didn't realize that he had a gun. Like he fully didn't remember until we were like six sessions in. Um, but he was like a fighter, rogue, swashbuckler, and then um, Kronk was a barbarian. And originally he was the bear totem, I think. But then we started going with. I found this like totem of the himbo or something like it was like a himbo (laughs) himbo class and so it was like anytime because i found that the character or the player i keep saying the character Mm -hmm. i found that the player really wanted to charm people and like really love the idea of like using the squirrel background of like i could talk to squirrels to like bring squirrels into the situation or just like maybe if we're in the middle of combat i can just ask if i can cook for them and it'll be great and like it was like the standard barbarian that people play first off is usually something like, I feel like people go for like, Oh, I'm broken off from my tribe. And like, I'm, I gotta go avenge myself or I need to become the new, you know, like it's kind of, it can be pretty aggressive because you hear the word barbarian and you Mm. run with it. And then I had this barbarian that did not like fighting, like fully, she hated combat and she just wanted to like sweet talk everyone with big cronk lovable, lovable cronk energy. And it was so amazing. Um, so yeah, that was the first one that I, um, DM'd and it made it, I like it. I liked it because it taught me straight off the bat Mm -hmm. character oriented games rather than grabbing curse of Strahd and having this book that is huge and like a campaign that's already written and, you know, your friends come up with characters and you have to either say yes and like, let it be a little bit Looney Tunes Mm -hmm. or say no and try to force them into the standard. Like, well, there's going to be a lot of death and a lot of like bad things going on. So you might not want to play a cook that like makes everyone laugh. Like it might not let you survive as long. I kind of just like, let me mess around and have, uh, very personal encounters with them and personal villains for them and like take villains like Ursula and be like, how would Kronk talk to Ursula? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how would Kida approach uh Scar? Like, how does this work? Um yeah. but it was pretty fun. No, yeah, I love that. I think it's cool to like have one, I think it's cool to have like the theme of something like that. Um, and kind of play with that element. And then two, like you said, having those character-based games, because I think a lot of times especially now so many people are getting introduced into um into D&D and and tabletop games in general um and i think you know many of them are introduced through Dean or through critical role excuse me which is a lot of times very heavily character based mm-hmm. um and i think that's a big part of like oh yeah i enjoy this so it's like when you go to somebody's game and it's like every session we're going to do combat um basically our combat's leading to the next combat whatever mm-hmm. I think that turns a lot of people off. Um, and I think it's it's tough too, because it's like 
that really slows the game down. Combat's fun. I love, like, I'm still a fan of of these games and I love combat, but I also have definitely found, like, the moderation of it to mm-hmm. allow space for people to grow because, um, yeah, I mean, th- that makes the best moments. Like, that's the stuff that, like, really gets people, especially if you're listening to a show or something like that, um, or even as a player, to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, shit, I'm really connected to this. And I think, like, something that, I think, like, if you like combat, then it's a viable way to play. Like it's fully viable, yeah. fully valid. Like we're not sitting here saying you can't have combat every single session and yeah. call it a good game. Like right. absolutely not what we're saying. I think like something that I've learned to say when I ask people to be in games with me or even if I'm just like, hey, this is a new server. I'm going to try to run a few games or a one shot or something that I wrote. Like let me know. I try to say up front the exact kind of DM I am that I'm going to do a lot of character um, driven stuff, a lot of role play stuff. And I, I still love combat a lot, Mm -hmm. but I'm not the kind of person that's just like, my combat is not, Hey, roll a D 20, tell me what you got. And we're going to keep moving. It's like, Nope. What are your powers? Like you are super, you're above level one. You effectively have superpowers. Tell me what's going on. Um, and let's create an environment together in this game. And I tell people because some people don't want that. Like some people come to D and D to do the original war game plan. And like, you know, that's good for them. But like, yeah, I, I personally connect more with that character-driven, um, almost more cinematic. Yeah. Uh, like, I have a cinematic background, so I think, like, more cinematic, more uh, leaning into the individuality of the characters and how they affect the world, mm-hmm. um, rather than here's a world that's pre-built and I'm going to throw everything in it at you, yeah. um, inwards at you guys. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it really comes down to like having that conversation in the first mm-hmm. place um, and letting people know up front what you're getting to. And I've done like now recently I've done where it's like, here's the percentage, right? Um, percentage, like this game is going to be 65% role play, you know, 25% uh, combat and the rest will just be exploration and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that way people up front are like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't want to play in that kind of game. I'll wait mm-hmm. for the next time. And I'm like, cool, that's fine. Um, or if everybody's like, no, I don't want to do that. They're like, okay, well, that's how do you want to adjust this then so we can all play together and have fun. Um, yep. But I think it, it really does do a lot. It's it's cool too to like to get that buy-in from players. Because a lot of times, you know, especially in like home groups, it's like, well, we're just friends hanging out. Mm-hmm. You know, so what what do we as friends hanging out want to do? Is it, you know, sit down and talk to the council and try to do these like crazy elaborate plans? Or is it like, put me in the jungle and then let's do uh, random encounters until <laughs> until we're bored? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Or maybe a little bit of both. Like that's how my home game is. We kind of switch it up and go through different stages of stuff um, based on what the story is. So yeah. it's, it's super cool. It, it, and it's cool that you've learned a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, over this short amount of time as well. Um, you know, what, uh, cause I know like some of the stuff that you're, you're working on as well, but like when it comes to TTRPGs and things like that, what is it that you want to do the most? Oof. Um, I mean, personally, I really like performance and like actual plays. I mm-hmm. like the storyteller position and I can get that both from being the player, but also I really like when people walk through my world and they do that like, ooh, ah, like kind of thing. And so 
like if I had to say what I want to do the most, it would be like actual play where I get to just let myself like run free mm-hmm. and not only do the people on the cast get to walk through my world and say like, Ooh, uh, it's like also releasing things and like writing things so other people can run it um, and create their own versions of my world. I think that that is like storytelling has been very core to my personality since the day I was born. And so like, I think just being at a place where I tell a story and other people want to listen and also want to take part in it and like take something I've built and be like, Oh my gosh, this is great. Like I want to use this here. Like, I think that would be like the dream overall. Sure. I mean, you and I, we've talked about like, uh, you know, you wanted to do a podcast and stuff like that. And I honestly Mm -hmm. like, that is the podcast that I am excited for that hasn't happened yet. Like I'm just like waiting patiently for this podcast. Um, but I think, you know, it, it really does like it. I think you have a great personality for it. Um, I think, you know, just like the stuff that I've seen when it comes to like your world building and things like that, I think is so good. Um, and, um, you know, and, and being able to like watch some of the games that you've had with your players and like, see like the the joy on their faces and like the surprise when you're like landing bombs on them and stuff and it's like yeah this is like this is what it should be like and i think that that's the experience that people when they come into these games should get is like you know not a group of five bored folks like doing something you know Mm -hmm. because it's the cool thing to do it's like uh, I say the cool thing to go out, just talk about, um, but like, but you know what I mean? Like, but like, no, like these are five people who are enjoying being together in this moment and people get to watch it. Cause that's, yeah. I mean, entertainment now is like split between like, you know, old school visual media of TV and movies and stuff. And like voyeuristic, we're watching you on Twitch or YouTube. Um, yes. Perform a thing. So. Oh yeah. Like I think, something that's been very important to me. So I kind of started in the tabletop RPG and D&D space, like on Twitter mm-hmm. last June. I think yeah. that's when I fully made, I officially made my first Twitter and um, I signed up for the tabletop mentorship program, which is amazing. Um, and like, I fully just advise that, like that program, I met my mentor, their name is Jess. And they like, we sat and I talked about my goals and we achieved some of my goals of just like playing to see what it's like to play, see what it's like to produce, see what it's like to like DM and then also play and produce like all those kinds of like mm-hmm. we kind of talked through all of that. But a big step in it was philosophizing. Yeah. And that is how I like to do any like, well, I like to rush into things most times <laughs> but when it's something as risky as doing actual plays or yeah. Doing a podcast is, is risky, in my opinion. Like, I would rather sit around and collect as much information as possible and then go in because I I kind of want to know something about the space first. Um, and so a lot of my time has been sitting around and philosophizing about what the next step in the space is and, like, how we're – it kind of feels like we're in a golden age, but I feel like we're entering into a golden age yeah. of – accessibility and i think what was lacking and why i don't consider it the golden age yet is because we are just now getting online with accessibility mm-hmm. and like having we have tons of people swarming D and swarming tabletops and so many people making games like more than ever before 
but there was just something lacking for people of color in the space or something for people with yeah. disabilities. Like we were, we were not making books that were like accessible for people. And I think we're entering that stage now where we're fully just like trying to do its best for everyone and trying to actually get everyone at the table. And so I was like watching, yeah. <laughs> I've been watching like a hawk and like taking <laughs> in information. Like, yes, I will watch critical role. I'll watch dimension 20. I'll watch like, listen to like some of my favorite shows and just like, absorb how they're doing it and i poke and prod and ask questions yeah. like i really want to release stuff and i have some things i'm working on and like this year i'm trying to but there's always this part of me that feels like i'm one step behind and like one step, like oh maybe i should watch one more show and make sure yeah no totally i i agree like i think it's there's definitely pros and cons to it right like mm -hmm. i waited a pretty long time to start my podcast um and i still don't think i knew enough or i was as prepared as i like wish that i could have been but also in doing that like the things that i have been able to do um or to be a part of or like the people that i've been able to meet i probably wouldn't have met you mm -hmm. know up to this point had i not just done it um on the other hand like especially when it comes to actual plays i definitely think that you have a step because people will still listen if they enjoy what you're doing they're still going to listen but i think people who wait and like prepare and have you know everybody in the crew has like decent equipment and um you know you know who's going to edit it you know like when it's going to come out and mm -hmm. all that stuff like it makes such a huge difference in the production quality of it um because while i think people will still listen regardless um in most cases not everybody is going to listen like if they turn on a podcast and they're like uh i don't like the way that this mic sounds a lot of people will move on yep um yep. and so i think it does help but the other thing you mentioned too was the accessibility in the sense of of you know uh you know, reaching pocs and and making stuff that is for us and i think that you're right like we're in a time where it's like these are the things that we want and we've been saying we want them and more of it's coming out. Um, and so we're closer now to a part where it's like, we expect it, right? Which was mm -hmm. so like, that's what was so bizarre about the whole Critical Role thing recently is like, we expect Critical Role to be better because they've been a part of this for so long. Um, and they like, and they're seemingly smart enough to like understand like what people are going to expect and they clearly should have seen all of the stuff before they even started this whole campaign three and everything else that happened. And so it's like, it's bizarre that it made it to the point that it made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but we expect something different, right? Mm -hmm. Like if a new game comes out or even a new podcast, honestly, if I see a new podcast come out and I'm like, Oh, okay. It's 2022 now. And you just started a actual play podcast with five white guys. Like, I don't understand how this happened. Yeah. Like <laughs> I will watch the next time I watch a game, a D and D game with five white guys, it better be all of the Chris. It better be Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans. Chris, <laughs> like I need Chris Pines. Like it better be the Chris's sitting down for a game or it's like, I don't know the Senate. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of funny. I would watch it just to see them like be stupid. Yeah. Um, but I am sick and tired of that. Like I, Fully now, it's gotten to the point where I say, okay, do you have like femme or like not just non men? Like, do you have no, like, are you all dudes? No. Do you have people of color? And then no. also, how do you handle yourselves? Because 
I have been at tables with people who are diverse. Like I'll have another girl with me and there'll be black people. And I've still felt like this is still not inclusive enough with me. Like they'll, they're still making jokes about like race or still making jokes. Like it's almost like they think the diversity at the table makes them able to make those jokes now yeah. or something. Yeah. And it's like way less about we're doing this because we're trying to create a culture of care and I'm like, I refuse to be a part of any sort of media that does not create a culture of care like yeah. that. And that's just like, I feel like we're table to like a lot of people are. Um, right. And at least hopefully in like the sphere that I'm on on social media, uh, a lot of those people are. And I'm glad that people agree with me. Um, I never want to be on the side of social media that does not. And I yeah, never want to be sure. in a space where they don't. Um which is why I value so much like being able to tell my own stories and not, not because I'm like perfect at representation and right. perfect at like understanding every single situation, but I'm giving myself the room to grow and I'm giving people around me. I'm telling everyone I'm trying to create this culture of care. Are yeah. you willing to be a part of this with me? If so, tell me when I'm wrong. And also just like bring your own care to this. Like that's all I, that's all I want out of the space. Yeah. And like, I think that that's the difference. I think that's the difference between like, I love critical role, love all of them separately, like love them all separately, love the show. Mm -hmm. But that is something that I'm like, oof, if we would have <laughs> thought like for oh. five seconds about that, it would have been better. Yeah. Um, and even, I don't know. It's just things like that there where I'm like, everyone's allowed to make mistakes, but what we're not allowed to do is like proceed without care. That's it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, or just like apologize for your mistakes yeah. and change it, you know, like mm -hmm. that's not that hard either. Um, Cause certainly like, you know, in the same sense, like I'm not perfect, you know what I mean? But I definitely like, yeah. I, I try um, in that same sense of like, okay, how can I show people that I care about this? You know what I mean? How mm -hmm. can I do something? Um, and it, and it's tough. Like you put yourself in a public eye and you're faced with a lot of stuff. So, you know, sometimes people ask me to come on my show and I've never even heard of them, met them, nothing. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what you do or like mm -hmm. what you represent or why you even want to come onto my show other than to like promote something. Um, and I mean, not to say like, I don't like, I appreciate it of course. Um, mm -hmm. but I also question motive, um, when yes. I have zero experience with who you are prior to you sending me a message. Yes. Um, and I think it's important for people to like, to understand, like, you know, I'm, I have, I'm a very small, I have a very small following, but it's like, there's still those aspects of parasocial relationships that you have to be aware of and you have to yes. be respectful of people, you know, in those situations. Uh, and I think the same goes for like, yeah, just because this person is making a podcast or whatever, like, doesn't mean you just get to treat them like shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or, act weird or, you know, abuse them or whatever. And it's like, yeah. you know, so it's, it's a wild, uh, wild world out there, especially in this scene. And I think it's still very like split. Um, mm -hmm. there's still like a, people, I think the Venn diagram of like the TTRPG Twitter space is like, you know, people of color mm -hmm. and then like people who believe that they support people of color <laughs> Yep. And in between that, it's like people who actually support people of color. 
Yeah. Um, so it's kind of wild. It's it's wild. And I'm glad that I'm in the space where I am now. I think if I would have joined any earlier, like earlier in college or whatever, I would have been met with a bunch of tables just full of like dudes who did not care. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like I would be one of those people who has a bunch of horror stories yeah. about, you know, I sat at a table where five white guys like took my female character and did something terrible because they, that's what nerd, like the the nerds of that time did. Like, I don't, I'm very glad that I did not join any earlier. And I, all I do is support people that went through that because it all like, all I want is that it changes. And that those very people that, first of all, I hope those very people that caused that, like never get to have a good game again. And I hope (laughs) way, way worse than that. Like literally hope your taxes go up by a billion percent and your income goes down a billion percent, (laughs) like just stop making bad spaces. But then I also hope that like, we're able to bring people that were betrayed by the space back. Yeah. Um, because it's changing so much. Um, and yeah, that, that. Venn diagram, that little tiny middle <laughs> space, like the way I'm trying to stay right there, <laughs> trying yeah. to stay there for like as long as I'm in the space because I cannot, it, it just does not interest me to be anywhere else. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty interesting to see, especially to be like an introvert in the space. And so like a lot of times I don't really you know, put myself out there and I socialize with people one-on-one and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I do that great. But, um, yeah, like being a part of like big groups and stuff and, and I just really don't get involved, but I like to see like, how is it actually going? Like, what are we actually seeing? Mm-hmm. Um, are you, are your actions telling the same story as your, your words or your tweets or whatever? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I hope that it continues to, to improve, but I do think that now it is better. Like there's so many more shows channels networks um you know things like utopia like you mentioned jess and like um you know places out there that even if you're not sure like the place that you're looking in general is going to be safe like you have you know these safe lighthouses if you will that can like okay come here and we can point you in the direction of other good people yes uh, (laughs) to make sure you can at least curate the space you're 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 playing in Absolutely. I think that's the best part about social media. Like Mm -hmm. rather than like, like if I wouldn't have started, like, I'm glad that I kind of started later. Like I said, just because I had social media to lean on, like I was playing on over discord way before the pandemic. And that was just because I was like, I was trying to be very careful about who I played with. And I like knew that I did not want a certain party and I did not want like a certain group. Um, but I think that that's like the best part about social media. Like the same way we're free with the, like we're quick with the blocks and stuff and like, yeah. Oh nope, Catch a band, like whatever. Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do that on Twitter. <laughs> like do that on Twitter and then find a party. Like I promised you, you like you, you can go wrong, but you can't yeah. metaphorically, you can't go wrong if you make a good space and then try to pick from the space yeah. that you made that feels good for you. So. Well, and I think now too, it's really cool for me. Like, so I'm, 33 mm-hmm. and it's cool seeing so many folks who are a lot younger than me like who are now like you know coming out of college and it's like pursuing ttrpgs as a career because that's what's going to really change the landscape is like okay now you have you know thousands of people who are out here who are playing games all the time right and yeah. creating more space for other people to join those games and i think that that's going to help 
kind of open that up a little bit and and allow that diversity to come through. And because so many of those games are being caught on Twitch, YouTube, podcast, whatever, um, it's going to help show that there's more diversity in the space that they're, you know, that it's not just the people that I'm talking to, you know what I mean? Like there's still tons and tons of people out there who are in it and not all of them are vocal about it, but, um, but it's important for people who come into the space to be like, Oh yeah, look, there's two black folks talking right now. Like it's exactly. so cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's super awesome. Um, you know, what, uh, are do you enjoy like streaming? Have you got to play on a stream game? Yes, um, not D and D yet. Okay. I don't think. Wait, yeah, I mean, that's yes, funny. yes, I did. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. Uh, no, no, I was on a show for like half a year. That's so funny. And I was like, <laughs> no, not D and D. Yeah, I was on a show for like half a year, and it was like every other Sunday. I don't think it was half a year. It was like since September, and it just ended. Okay. Um, so it was a couple of months, but. Just pretty much that. And then during June, when I started, I uh, ran and was a part of a bunch of women in game, women in games month games yeah. that were like honey heist, like I ran honey heist. And then I was a part of like, oh, I'm trying to think of the magical girl game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember, but it's, it's the, it's the uh, power by the apocalypse and it's the, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Is it thirsty sword lesbians? I did play Thirsty Sword Lesbians. I'm trying to think of the other one. It's like Magical Girls. Magical Girl Fighting. Mm. I'm going to cry. I'm going to literally tweet later and just be like, this is, <laughs> this is I remember. Um, but it was really fun. And we just played like high schoolers that like went to a digital cafe after class and then like turned into Magical Girls and like fought a game that was taking over, like taking over viewer yeah capturing people it was pretty fun um so yeah i've had some experience like playing on stream yeah how did you find that experience did you enjoy it i like it um i have a big performance background so like musicals and stuff um i did when i was younger uh so like i said my parents were religious and um, I used to perform for our church like all the time. Yeah. Um, and then I got into competitive singing and dancing in high school, like show choir stuff. Um, and so that was a thing. And then as I got into college, it's like, okay, well, I, I majored in computer science, but I continuously kept taking like acting and directing classes and like trying out for musicals and stuff. And I like have always just had that heart for performance. Mm-hmm. And so streaming games is so much fun for me um one of the projects that i'm working on and i'm releasing it pretty soon um was a uh it's it's D, but i struggled so hardcore with like should i stream it live or should i edit it because like the performing leo in me wants to just stream it live like we're doing it live let's go everybody but then the a very specific Capricorn, like film editor, writer, director person in me is like, I need everything to be meticulously thought out. I need there to not be 30 seconds in between when I roll a D12 and I count what the D12 is with the modifier. Like I needed that specific experience. And so I ended up editing it, but like, I love streaming so much. I just have like these two wolves that are just like, Oh no, I don't know which one I'm going to do. Um, yeah. But. No, I yeah, I totally get it. I I love um 
the like crisp mostly crisp uh editing of podcasts and just like but like you said like you know taking out all of the silences like mm-hmm. and the awkward moments and like things like that and just having like okay like i can listen to this i don't have to really watch it um because i think it is like there's definitely times when it's like i know for instance i'm i haven't listened to any of critical role season three but when i listened to like season two um it was a lot of it was like well after that they episodes had premiered Mm-hmm. So sometimes it was like listening and I'm cool. And then it's like, oh, they're describing something interesting. I wonder what that looks like. And then I would go see like the mini that Matt pulls out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so things like that. Like if I know that there's that situation that I'm like, oh, okay. Or it's like there's a goof, you know, that somebody like screwed up. I'm like I want to go see what this looks like. Oh, yeah. um, but a lot of times I'm like, I just enjoy listening to this. And it's easier for me to do that. Um, and I just think like I enjoy like nice audio too that helps a lot um now i listen to a lot of shows that don't have the best audio and they're still great shows so it's just kind of take it or leave it but yeah i totally get what you're saying yeah for sure but streaming seems wild like that's just so much work Oof! it is it is a lot of work i think um it's something that I very recently got into and the only reason I got into it was because I just like randomly like a friend taught me how to use I'm not even using like OBS I'm using Twitch Studio which tells you a little something about it like I just kind of like threw myself into it and did it and I had been talking about doing it for a while but I was like why why do I want to do this and then it clicked and I was like oh it's because I'm a performer and like I just like (laughs) I have fun being on camera and like interacting with people and that kind of stuff um but it's it's been an interesting ride because the same way people say like you know you have to be okay streaming to just like zero that zero in the viewer count and you also have to be okay with streaming to one person two people that might just like sit and lurk and i'm like that's co- i as soon as i did it the first time i was like i could easily do this like, yeah just i was gonna fun. say i've been on some of your streams and you do a good job i'm like oh yeah you're just hanging out and just yeah chatting away so Oh yeah. Like it's just more, it's more of like, I want to make an environment where I can work, but also other people can work too. And like still have goofs and still have times where I'm like, well, what is the length of a horse? Like how long are horses actually? And like have those moments where people, like I want people to be like, wait, what? Like you said, like, what is she Googling right now? Like what's going on on Google? (laughs) But I still Mm -hmm. want it to be like, people can throw headphones on and just like, listen and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, uh, my best friend we've talked about like streaming and stuff like just for video games or whatever and mm-hmm. i'm like i don't like i think it would be cool like in the sense of like i don't like playing games with other people uh mm-hmm. like video games um mostly because i just i enjoy single player rpgs um i also don't enjoy playing with random strangers yes. um and so i'm like yeah that'd be cool like to stream it because i enjoy this game and i could talk about it but also um there's definitely going to be times when I would just be like completely silent, just like, fuck. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, I, I don't know that I would be good for that. Um, but I think it, it you know, I, it's different folks, right? Like w- w- the things that you're into. And I think for sure, like having that performative background is going to help you in that situation. Um, and that's really like tabletop games. That's a big part of, of what they are. When you get into that space is like, yeah, like you, I think it's important to know, like, if you're going to go out there and do some kind of project like this, like, 
try not to be boring, right? Yep. Like you don't have to be over the top. You don't have to be like in everybody's space, but also like, you know, you're there to entertain. So yes. I think you should try to entertain uh, folks to an extent. Oh yeah. I think there was like, I don't even know if this council's like shit talking, but like there was fully a group that like approached me once to try to be their DM and they were going to try to do like a whole show and they had some money behind it. And I was like, Oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah. What makes you all think that you're fit to do this? And like, (laughs) what makes you different? Like, why are you all specifically the ones that need to be on this show? What makes you so entertaining? Um, it was like, it was just like a group of people who like, they were like, oh, we've been playing for a while and we were just trying to find like someone diverse to DM us. And I was like, look at red flag right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Big red flag. Yeah. Um, but also like, who's going to be entertained by you? Like, tell me what background you actually have that makes you entertaining. Like, cause at the end of the day, when you're doing, there's such a difference between a home game and a performance. Mm-hmm. And like, that's where I think a lot of people come into the space and they think everything is like, it, like they can treat it like a home game. And so they're not worried about entertaining. It's like, like critical role can say like, Oh, we're just a group of friends having fun. We're just a group of nerds having fun. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, You're a group like, of professional voice actors. Yes. And you're entertaining. You they know story arcs. They know like, as voice actors, imagine the amount of dialogue they read a year, yeah. right? Like they don't need to read books. They just have <laughs> tons of dialogue. They understand character dynamics. There are ton of, tons of characters I'm sure they read for that they never get credit for, that they get to still see how they like, oh, this little tiny character. And it's like, great. So you have the exposure of stories, like the mm-hmm. like overarching stories, characters and how they fit in a small world. And that's great and so it's like hard when you have people that are like oh we're just a group of friends we're trying to do this and we don't care about the performance stuff we've just been playing forever and it's like you can definitely tell the difference between people who like do the home game situation and think the home game will work for them and i'm sure that there are some people that it luck you know be their guide like it works for them but there's you can tell like things like Transplanter RPG, like that, Planner Arcana, like all of these uh, reckless, like I, I have so many podcasts I could just name that I'm in love yeah. with. And they specifically, you can tell it's not just to, like they're a group of friends, but also they take it as a performance and not yeah. just like a home game. Yeah. So there's a big difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a really great example. Um, you know, Transplanter, especially, like it's just so good and they really do care a lot all of them um and it's just like amazing just to see you know what i mean and like the other like the other high extreme end of that is like dimension 20 like if you got you know the group of like fantasy high together to play a home game it would probably look pretty similar i'm sure yes. but like they're trained improv actors mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean um but i think yeah it, it's really just just depends like i i one of the shows that i love um the the GM and I have become friends is, is makers misfits Mm, and it's an all POC pathfinder to e um, podcast. And they have been friends for, since they were little kids, the group (sighs) of them. And so that dynamic is so perfect to listen to for me. Cause it's like, I feel like I am hanging out with my friends like that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't buy it. Yeah, for, or seriously. train it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and it's so good, and I love it. And you know, and and so that I think that there's like you have to find that right element, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to the same extent, like I've talked about it before, like my group of friends, my home game, like we are very chill and relaxed, and like there's not a lot of entertainment value in our games other than what's there for us at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like if we took that and just hit record, it probably would make a very good podcast. Um, and I love them to death and I hope that we play forever. Um, but it's just a different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different, like that switch is not on the entertainment for hundreds of people is not on. So, yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so when it comes to, um, this stuff, like, you know, do you, cause you said you're writing, are you like interested in writing, um, like adventure modules, like world settings, um, new games? Like what's, what are some of the things that you think about doing? It's very interesting. Cause I'm kind of dipping in all of that. Like I fully have a new game coming out. I'm working on a class. I'm working on writing spells. I'm trying to, um, get my, the, the home game I'm running. Um, and you've seen it. It's like, yeah modern day washington except it's like a enchanted forest part of washington that everyone is like do not go in there we do (laughs) not say why we do not speak of it but the forest will get you um and my players have wandered in and are like exploring and trying to save the world and their little tiny microcosm of the world that will sooner or later expand to the entire world but there it's like i'm trying to get that kind of written down and like put into an adventure like kind of an adventure module but also just like here is a world if you want to mix together humans and uh humblewood races together here's a world where both of them mix together and you know i've already got dynamics and structures set up for people um yeah i think it would be like a dream to i like i like mm, i want to work for watsi but like I think things like Cobalt Press and like where they're kind of like really doing like here's a bunch of cre- like here's a bunch of cool monsters um, or here's a bunch of different like the Grimoire. I think it's called the Warlock's Grimoire or something. I think I have the second book mm-hmm. and it's fully like here's 12 magic items. Here are like five different environments that you can run with like npcs here are 30 npcs and here's like 30 magic items like that kind of book is like perfect sweet spot for me so i don't have to commit to like (laughs) i can only release this adventure module it's like nope here's like a bunch of random things that are all like from my brain yeah there take it go run but i don't know game dev is kind of game dev is interesting um i think that it'll be one of those things where I randomly will have like a spurt of inspiration and I'll go and do it. Um, the game that I'm working on right now was like fully in one night. I like wrote everything out in a notes app. <laughs> and then the next morning I woke up and I sent it to my friend and they were just like, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we obsessed over it for like the next 48 hours where I yeah. just hyper fixated and wrote it. But I can't see game dev being something that I like, fully 110% commit to just because I mostly want to like I I really like the idea of like people yeah people playing my games is fun but also people like having my magic items in the world or like taking my omen wood and like lifting it and using it for their own thing in the middle of their fantasy world like that seems so interesting to me yeah 
So. Yeah. And so like, so then it sounds like if you could turn it into a career, you would absolutely do that. Oh, uh, oh yeah. That's yeah. like, it's weird because something that we talked about earlier and it popped in my mind when we talked about it earlier, there's a bunch of young people that are like getting out of college. Like I'm two years out of college and a bunch of young people get out of college and they're going into tabletop stuff, which is yeah. so, so cool. Yeah. Um, it's fairly new. So there's yeah. not a lot of like, it's not a career path thing where you can look at like, I wish that someone like, I wish Brennan Lee Mulligan would like post like, here is the step-by-step process to get where I am today. Like, you know, or like you can go to college and learn step-by-step oh, how to become. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like let's figure out the, the, how to become a first grade teacher, except it's like, how do you become like a first grade, like a really good role player, right? Like yeah. I wish that there was a career plan for that kind of thing. But right now everyone is just guessing and stepping and like hoping that they land on a path that puts them in the way of like Watsy or puts them in the way of a bigger studio that's like willing to take a chance on them. Yeah. Um, it feels almost like movie making where it's like you kind of just have to guess and pitch your way into those bigger rooms and hope that someone takes a chance on you. Yeah. Um, but it just it's very interesting because if I could, uh, I would absolutely try to like step away from my regular nine to five computer sciencey stuff and just like go all in on writing and performing and let that be it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh it's interesting. I mean there you know, it's you're right like there are ways, but it's it's super like catching lightning lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hoping that 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 sticks um you know, and and I mean even similarly like I I think Dimension 20 is probably an exception because they all came from like a network a, a comedy network that was already established and they just like did this as a thing for that network. Um whereas like Critical Role was like we we just played for you know we decided to stream because geek and sundry asked us to do it and then mm-hmm. it blew up um but there are other podcasts as well like glass cannon has turned it into a uh, into a job um and so it's it's like but same thing like how do you catch that lightning yeah. in the bottle? um yeah. especially now where it's like it's cool that there's so many folks in it that's also super saturated so how do you stand out you know what i mean yeah how do you stand out step one don't just be five white guys like that's mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give that free advice to everybody, um, you know, and uh, after that, just do some creative shit. Um, but, you know, it, it's really, uh, it, it really is interesting. And I think that there, while those jobs are rare, there's stuff that, you know, people can do. Because it's like, you never know, right? Like, you might make that game, like, um, I forget if it's Blades in the Dark or Shadowrun. I know that there's a couple games that's just like, they were made and somehow became like blew up i think shadow run is one of those games because i don't think it really got big until like a little bit after it was made or something yeah actually but it's super rare for that specific thing to happen right um magpie games was like a game Mm -hmm. like a game company that people knew but they didn't become you know as successful as they are now until they got the avatar uh ip you know and that's been like a huge thing um but then it's like, okay, well, how many of you TTRPG folks live or want to live in New Mexico, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So um, it, it, it's like, yeah, I think that there's a lot of interesting ways to do it, but it is so new. You know what I mean? Like it, you never really know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, there's now like professors that teach TTRPGs. Yeah. Like as a 
class studies. Like that's wild to me. Yeah. Like I wish, I wish I could have had that. Like, oh yeah, sure. My professor could get me a job at like a bank as a computer (laughs) scientist, or they could just like land me a role, like helping out with critical role because they just are happen to be, you know, like those like, I just, oh, it feels so much like filmmaking to me where you're just yeah. guessing and checking and putting stuff out there and hoping for the best and like submitting to Sundance and waiting, you know, submit to these yeah. places and <laughs> hope for the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things where like, I feel that like whole, what makes, what makes you special thing, like so deep down in my heart yeah. that like, until I figure out like I know kind of what makes me special. Um, and like, I know I am special. And like, that's like something a lot of people go through is like imposter syndrome is like just so terrible. Um, but also I think that, um, I think about the oversaturation and like, I want more people in the space fully, like, cause that's more people to play with. That's more people that can find the same respite in, in the, the game like D and D other games as well that I found. Mm-hmm. And I want that. Um, but then I think about like how I fully just like, I'm, I'm always like, what's my angle. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then I just remember, Oh, I'm a black girl. Okay, cool. I've got it. Like, I'm good. I'm good. I should be fine. Yeah. Um, but it can stop me from doing a whole lot. Just thinking like, Oh, I'm not special enough or like whatever. And it's like, well, <laughs> Yeah. pretty far ahead anyway just for just for being who i am yeah so. no it definitely um i think it, it's so important to to really try and i think too like what many folks will find is like there are still a ton of people out there who are inaccessible mm-hmm. um unless you're you know of a certain status in the ttrpg space but i also think that there's a lot of people out there who are like no cool like yeah, I don't know who you are, but if you need help, like I will gladly help you. Yeah. Like I had, um, you know, a guest on who's like, oh yeah, I got to learn how to play Call of Cthulhu because I just reached out to Becca Scott, and I'm like, how does that even like one? Why did you think you could do that? Two, congratulations yeah. on doing that and actually succeeding because that's super <laughs> cool. Um, you know what I mean? But it's like, shout out to Lyndon Carlisle. Um, but yeah. you know, it's it's that's just nice. wild like that. There's some people that are like that. It's like, yeah, like. If you need something, I legitimately will help you. Like, be Dave Walters. Like, my DMs are open. Do not send me something stupid because I'll put you on blast. Uh But if you, like, have a question or whatever, like, come ask me. Yeah. Um, You know? And so I think that no matter, like, I hope that I become successful marginally even in this um, just because I love doing it. And it would be cool to be able to continue doing it forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely want to, like, maintain that, you know, uh, humility of, like, look, I'm – if you need something, like, come ask me. Like, don't be a dick. Don't, like, try to sell me something. Just, like, let's talk. Fully. And yeah. That's, like, where I, I would love to land there and be, like, oh, I can be a mentor. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, let me do that. Like, really, I just I – just, I will say that I am that kind of person where I will just straight up message someone. Like, <laughs> I haven't done it yet for, like – anyone's super huge but there have been times where i will just like dm someone and hope for the best and sometimes they'll get back to me immediately especially if it's a very pointed question that has an answer i'll be like yes thank you for talking to me great (laughs) i'll see you on our separate paths later when we meet again when i'm famous and you don't remember me (laughs) (laughs) but like i just hope that i can get to that point where i can 
I want to kind of get to the point where I'm like, I forget that I'm kind of mildly popular simply because I just am so in, in like entrenched in the community that mm-hmm. I'm like, I forget that I can't just be besties with every person that I'm like <laughs> every person that DMs me on Twitter. Like I just want to be there because yeah. I want, I want to be able to still talk to people and like give back to mentorship programs and stuff and guide people because they're, they will be going through the same exact thing as me. Yeah. So no, yeah, definitely. I think it's, it, it's important, you know, and especially as people continue to come into it, like it, it's so important for people to have, you know, avenues to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people that they feel like they can just reach out and ask a question and, um, you know, and people that will point them in the right direction or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, it's cool. I'm interested to see like the things that happen, like, because I think that a lot of stuff that we've talked about is stuff that's going to eventually show up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's something that we do or somebody else that we know does or whatever, um, I think it's, it's only a matter of time before these things start to really snowball into like, oh yeah, there's a program for that. There's a <laughs> situation for that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Whatever it is. So, uh, that's super cool. You know, I've been curious about this for a long time, so I'm just going to ask you kind of jump sideways. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, personal question. Does your girlfriend play D and D? She does not. Sadly. <laughs> Sadly, like uh, Lexi spends a lot of time playing games. So I'm curious, like, is she? Yeah, that's a situation. Uh, yeah. It's like one of those things we have to figure it out. We figure it out, and we do, and we do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that we are very mature and very communicative. So yeah. there, I am not a perfect person. I struggle with ADHD. I struggle with like other things, and yeah. so a lot of the times. I forget. I forget when I have calls. I forget when I am supposed to have a four hour game or like I will ask to go out on a date and then I'll be like, hey, um, I completely <laughs> forgot that the D&D that has been scheduled since like for every two weeks happens on this night and like yeah. fully just something that I do. Um, and it's something that I severely and constantly try to make up for and apologize for. But she is like very much of the capacity that like she's very acknowledging of how many parts of me D and D brings together. Yeah. Um, so like with performing, I went to a school where like they only chose the same people to be in the lead roles. Mm-hmm. And also they like did not even care about me as a performer until like my senior year. They were like, I didn't know you could sing like that. And I was like, that's wild because yeah, you can sing. So that's fucking <laughs> crazy to me. It's wild. It's wild. And I was just like constantly in, in college, like I kept going to audition and stuff. But also it's like I went to one of the most competitive schools for um, musical theater. And yeah. so, so it was like one of those things where like I got a call back a couple of times and I was like, what? Like that's nuts. But I'm ever I'm obviously not going to get the role because I'm not trying to graduate in musical theater um and so i just constantly i had to keep taking classes but i felt so i've gone through so much rejection in those performing spaces exactly where i want to be yeah. and so D encapsulates so much and i don't have to rely on anyone else yeah. to audition me or to fit the role like i don't have to be that i can just be myself and create my own story yeah. um and a, like filmmaking background always wrote like grew up writing films and never actually doing them because who has just a good camera laying around, you know? Right. Um, and so, 
exactly. <laughs> and so it was like one of those things where that comes together or writing. Like I always had smaller stories, but nothing big enough to actually, you know, affect anyone or nothing big enough that I felt comfortable standing behind. And so that like D and D pulls in so many parts of me that she's like, um, like it might be frustrating to have me do like embarrassing things, like forget, Oh, we're supposed to have a date or like things like that. But at the end of the day, she's like, this is who you are. And this is so much of you that it would make me more sad if you just dropped it like that. That doesn't make any sense. Like this is who you are and you're like really good at it. And so I don't know. I think it's also fresh to have people that remind me, I don't need to talk about D and D all the time. (laughs) Cause I surely will like for hours. So it's like really refreshing to have that, um, have that in the relationship and let it be like we balance each other out in other ways where like we can sit and talk philosophy for hours, psychology for hours, sociology for hours. We'll battle sociology versus psychology (laughs) and like do that kind of stuff. And we'll talk about news and other stuff for hours and watch movies that are dumb and have fun that way. And it feels good to almost breathe and like not have to worry about like my next game needs to be perfect or something or like, I don't know. Like if I had to live by myself and I was going through the whole tabletop RPG stuff by myself, I think I would be so swamped in it that I wouldn't have like a life outside of it almost. Um, Unless my friends actually played with me. And I'm (laughs) like, I cannot, I don't want to be that person. So it's really good to have someone who loves me that can like remind me that that is not how life is supposed to be. (laughs) Um, So it, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, there's definitely like, it's so important in partnership of any kind, like that you understand each other's um, what's the word, like things that are self care for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me, like, you know, doing this podcast, playing the game, like, you know, putting my kids to bed and like being able to play video games. Like my wife knows that those are things that are important that help like recharge my battery and who yes. I am. You know what I mean? And then she has her stuff too. And so, it's super, super important, like, to definitely have that situation because yeah. um, it's tough. And I mean, yeah, like, there's definitely times when, like, we do not agree on the things that we like or 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 what to talk about or whatever. But I think it's just like, yeah, you're not always going to do that. So yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. and it's it's fine. just good. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly fine. It's like know the limits and your boundaries. And even if you, even if people don't have like partners or whatever, like. I just have to think about when does self-care turn into a vice and like, when does it become something that I'm like giving way too much time to, because I'm equating my self-worth with Mm -hmm. that thing. Yeah. And I think having a partner that checks me on that is like absolutely what I need in life. But if not, like, even if I wasn't with my partner, like she would just like, I I don't know what I would do. And like, that's scary (laughs) to me. It's like, my my brain could be unchecked (laughs) and that's terrifying. Yeah. You're at a really unhinged game. Oh my gosh. Just like, did you say, have I ever run an unhinged game? No, I'm saying you would end up writing a really unhinged game. It would be really, it would be wild. It would be absolutely (laughs) wild. I probably honestly, like if I did not have a partner and did not care about myself and did not care and like fully equated myself with what I did, I probably would be on critical role right now. And the only (laughs) reason I say that is because I would just like move somewhere where the studios are and annoy my, like annoy my way to the top and get there somehow. 
but I care too much yeah, <laughs> about good. my well-being yeah. <laughs> and everyone else around me. So I'm trying not to be feral. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely get it. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's funny. I, I mean, I think it, it, yeah, there's so many like good things there. Um, and I could obviously talk to you forever about uh, so much stuff. Um, but yeah, we probably should end this at some point. So um, <laughs> I'm just going to say I have absolutely loved having you on. And um, I hope that, uh, you know, we get to play some games and stuff in the future and hang out again. Oh, yeah, that would be so great. Seriously, yeah. it's so much fun talking to, I don't know, it's just very, very proud of the people that I've been surrounded with and been able yeah. to surround myself with. And it's just like enlightening to not have to worry when hopping on a call with someone I've only talked, like we've talked on Twitter and stuff yeah. and like not having to feel any worry about like, are they going to ask me what it's like to be a black woman? Like, <laughs> like weird questions that I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. So it feels good to just like talk to someone who gets and understands who I am and where, where we're both at and the space as well. It's, it's yeah. really refreshing. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm, I am glad um, that you enjoyed it as well. And, and, uh, and I kept you comfortable. So, um, you know, I, that's always my goal is just like, you know, make sure the people that I'm talking to feel safe in this situation. So I am super happy with that, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, that's where we're going to end the recording and, um, yeah. Uh, you know, Everybody, go keep an eye on what Lexi's doing and wait for that podcast that I'm super excited about that I don't know when it's going to happen, but I can't wait. Um, <laughs> we'll get it's there. It's going to be great. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. <laughs>